This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Skid in the house. Yo, thank you, man, so much for coming here, bro. We no, really appreciate of course. it. Yo, thanks for coming out, man. Of course. I seen Charlie do this. I was like, hey, why the hell not, man? Yeah, yeah, what? I, was, I, was, I see, I saw you follow us. So I was like, oh, what? I might as well DM Char- him. Charlie's team. a man, bro. He, yeah. you, guys, you guys killed it with that one. Yeah, yeah. Thank Yo, you he so killed much. it. I want to get him on again. We can talk about, just, he, you know, he has mad you stuff You got to wait say. a while, though. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Give him a good year or so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jump on it too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people were hyped on that episode, but... Yeah, man. I that guess the bat one. That was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we're gonna have more and more. But um, you will. Yeah, we got some good guests lined up, man. You will. People are gonna be hyped. You guys are. You guys are on a good tear right now. Take advantage of it. You yeah. know what I mean? I never do interviews at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I was. I, I was trying to all. find some. That's why we appreciate That's you why we coming appreciate down so much. Yeah. Like, oh, why not? What the hell? Yeah. So I'm gonna start it off. How long you been? How long you been running for? Oh my god, fucking! I'm old, man. Uh. 86 but i was always i wrote like my name like chris Uh then i wrote fog fog was like my first tag and then i was like a skid row fanatic and i had the skid row shirt i wore every day it was like a dirty shirt and and everyone just called me skid because i wore a skid row shirt so that's where the name came from more or less then it just picked up momentum and you know good and bad and everything else what would you it's say stuck. is the difference now from uh, writing when you grew up to now, nowadays, with all this surveillance, it's, it's all the cops, all this shit? It's harder, man. It's harder, right? It's, I mean, right now, we're in a good little spot with all this COVID shit, but, Yeah, you know. but graffiti's evolving so yeah. much. It, I mean, p- people went from, you would go out painting. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. you would do tags. Yeah. You would walk a whole line of, like, well, I mean, I got into it, the trains were over. You know, I was doing it more like the parkways were in. Mm. So I'd go on the Cross Island Parkway, the Belt Parkway, yeah. do my little bullshit, like whatever, whatever I thought of what I was doing at the mm. time. And the little tags, I'd just walk like the train lines, like where with the seven train was, I would catch tags on all the gates and things like that. But, I mean, graffiti is so much more evolved now. Kids are just banging fillings on everything, man, and then tag styles and everything. But I just don't like where graffiti is going to on the internet. The internet, yeah. Right? yeah. Before it had you know. a little more quality in terms of respect, right? Yeah, I mean, but now it's now people just try to find out all your personal information and mm, all that's types another of things. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! It's like it's really hard to hide. It's not hard once you really get into it. Who's you know who's who's who knows who, and then you, yeah. you end up knowing something. Yeah, and people pick and choose their beefs. They look on online and see who you know. Yeah, it's, it's not the they same. They do all right? types of weird <laughs> shit. So what got you introduced into writing when you started writing? Like for example, I know you started. Oh, well, as uh, what introduced me to writing? Yeah. Taking the train with my mother. Okay. Just taking the just taking the A train. Or the J train, because I ran through Cypress Hills. Because I was born and raised. I was born and I lived in Cypress Hills, so I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would just trace people's names on the train with my finger. And that's how 
it just stuck. Yeah. You know, and my mother would be staring at me like, oh, don't touch, don't put your hands in your mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dirty train. Anybody put you on to graph when you started? Who motivated you? Or Who motivated me yeah. to, 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 oh, God, the, oh, my God, it's going so far back. I don't even remember, yeah. you know, but, you know, night, N-I-T-E, and I would see C-E, and I would see uh, Web 1, mm. Web Oleum, uh, that web. Uh, there was just so many people. Mm. There was just so many people. I'm like fried right now. I'm burnt out. <laughs> My bad. I haven't slept. I pe- fucking was out painting with OJ last night. Word. Yeah, but I was actually going to talk about that. I've seen you doing your thing with him all over the place. Yeah, man. Literally yeah. all yeah, over you guys, the place. Uh, he's, he's, a good, he's good people, man. That's family right there. Yeah, you he's guys a good have been dude. doing thing in the city, man, for sure. He, he's, a good, he's good people. Yeah. He's good people. We, we, we handle shit mm. right. You know what I mean? He's yeah. A, so um, what borough did you grow up in? Burroughs. Burroughs. What well, burroughs? Burroughs. Uh, Brooklyn, Queens, Lower East Side of Manhattan. That's where I grew up mainly. I mean, people say they were they were born home from one. But no, you growing up in New York, you you traveled all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, but but Brooklyn and Queens maybe. I born I was born in Brooklyn, but I became a man in Queens. It's like just becoming of age and and trying to figure things out. You know what I mean? So it was Queens, really, I guess. And how long were you writing those other names until you, until you set you were Oh, they were, they were very short-lived. Yeah. Uh, skids took place in, I, I started that in 89, 1989. Terrible. It's crazy. I mean, I was, I was completely horrible. Uh-huh. It's terrible. I was like, I'm still terrible. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... You know, what are your I, what are your thoughts? On, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, what are, no, what no, are no. your thoughts on uh, on beef and graph in terms of that? I mean, I'm no stranger to it, but but you know, then back then, you you would handle, you know, when you bumped into each other, you handled beef that way, mm. whether it was fighting or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, but now. Beef now people is, got some brolic thumbs, right? Stupid, yeah. People, people, brolic thumbs and and they and, and brolic DMing everybody, and they pick and choose like, all right, he knows this person. Let me reach out to this person to t- feel out, test the waters to see if I should beef with this, you know. But do people DM you still trying to? Um, uh, sometimes. Really, I don't pay it no mind. Yeah, how do you feel about it now that? You know, it's the second you answer, you lost. Yeah. You lost. The second you answer somebody back, you lost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's when it, it, you just yeah. cr- you throw it all away yeah. right from there. No, it's an interesting way of looking at it. You know, yeah. never answer back. Yeah. Never participate in the, the foolery yeah. that these kids do. Even these older, even these older dudes be doing this, this yeah, no, foolery, fool shit. 100%. You know, like uh, there's dudes now that just constantly DM everybody I know just to test the waters, you know what I mean? And are always making up stories and they're trying to like turn. It's just crazy. The the game now is just ridiculous, man. But aside from that, when people go, if people go over you, do you still take it? You don't, you don't care as much as. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll either fi- if I'm around there, I'll fix it. If I'm not, I don't care. And when you were younger, how did you how did you feel about it? I mean, I would get emotional about it. I'd be upset about it. I mean, you would you would handle it whichever way you did with that person mm-hmm. when you seen them. But now I don't got the time, bro. For real, I don't got the time, yeah. the time or the time to to just deal with, yeah, with that child player. Right? This is yeah. nonsense yeah. because like. Beef now, they won't face you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot different. They won't face yeah. you now. They'll just DM and they'll try to expose you any which way they could because yeah. they're cowards. Like real coward shit. But I don't got the time for it. And not only is that people are cowards because they do that, but a lot of people are amused by that too. So it kind of fuels the fire. You know? Well, so you have the cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah exactly. They pull their pom-poms out <laughs> with their keyboards and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like I said, the second you answer, you lost. So back in the day, it was just way more, way more serious. Well, it was it was a full contact sport. Uh-huh. Back back in the day, shit was shit would happen. You know, you would. I mean, I've been stabbed over it. I've been, you know, I've had my my fair share of lumps through it. You know, but back then it was a full contact sport. Now it's a full keyboard sport. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Because I don't hear about anybody who I know who writes. I don't hear about anyone getting stabbed or, or, or nothing. You know what? There's writers in Brooklyn. Like the, the, the Flatbush side, those kids, they play with them, them guns. So there's people out there that really do get it cracking mm-hmm. when it comes to beef. Mm-hmm. But then you got the other side. Them other dudes is just on keyboards. Yeah, and they don't expect those kids to be out there. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Once you get away with talking shit so much on a keyboard, you get comfortable with it, and you you kind of say whatever you, you want. You know what? I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I I've made a fool of myself in the past. I jumped in people's beefs. I jumped in people's problems, and I've played myself in the past. You know what I mean? Which the people that I stuck up for, they ended up turning on me. So it's like, why did I? He's like, I just took on all your beef. I took on all your drama. And now you, you turning it around on me? It's like, what part of the game is that? Yeah. But I've, I've just learned not to get involved in people's nonsense no more. Like anything that's mine is mine, and I'll deal with it whichever way fit. So the kids you grew up writing with, do you still you still in contact with them? Could you talk about uh, people kind of turning their backs in a way? Yeah, I talked to a lot of my a lot of my old friends. Would you say you found like a lot of loyal friends through writing? I found I think the majority of my friends through writing. I mean, when you're involved with graffiti as long as I have, I mean the majority of your friends. Yeah. You you meet through graffiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking to Nov York, and he was saying how. In graffiti, he finds the people that he can relate to. Outs- yeah. You know, in the whole world, graffiti writers are the people who he has the most in common with, which is interesting because you could be his age and then you could be our age. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of mindset on things. And no, but he's right about that. Yeah. You, like graffiti writers, I feel more in tune with. Mm-hmm. I feel like I relate more with them. Why, why, why is that? I mean, just by the things that we've gone through, by the things that we go through, mm-hmm. you know. I, I've been, I guess, I mean, more writers my age, I think I feel more in tune with. But it's funny, it's like now, back in the days, I, you know, you would see people writing and then you'd want to step, yo, what do you write? Mm. 
Yeah. Now I see people writing. I'm like, oh, I want nothing to do with this. I don't <laughs> yeah. want this dude to know. I don't want to know this dude. Yeah. I don't want to meet him. You know what I mean? I just, I just rather just do my thing and keep yeah. it pushing. So I've seen you painted. I was looking on your gram. You painted in mad places: Vietnam, yeah. Germany, Israel, Brazil, Netherlands, Spain. Yeah. What's up with that? Going all world? You know, I, I've. I, at one time here, yeah, I had the travel bug, you know, but then, you know, you travel so much, you fall behind, you know, and then I had to just get back to basics and get back to work and get back to grinding again, you know, but I mean, traveling, I love it. You had any crazy experiences painting outside of the country? Oh, God, Brazil. I remember being on the side of the highway in Brazil painting. And it was, and I turned around. It was like a bum taking a dump right next to me, <laughs> you know. But I mean, you see all types of shit. Yeah. You see all types of shit. The the writers in Brazil, they they um, they're all about that. I think it's called Pichichau. Yeah, that yeah, called? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that stuff is crazy. But if you go over their handwriting, they want to kill you. No, really. So I really didn't know about that, and I went over. You know, yeah, because you're bringing the films. New York rules to that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I made mistakes. I traveled, I made mistakes, and I did fill-ins over their, their, their scriptures. And I was getting all these death threats on social media and kill you. Were and, they in English? Uh, you could tell it was, they did it by translator yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was like kind of weird uh -huh. yeah. the way the words was coming out. That's a good way to put it, scriptures. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, but they took like an ancient writing or something, yeah. and they just... Evolved with Yeah, they bring it to different heights, literally. You know, they start climbing shit. But it's the women are beautiful out there, yeah. man. <laughs> wow. I mean, flawless. Even like the older women, you're like, wow, this, this is like, Brazil's dope. Word. Yeah, Brazil's I mean, dope. I remember like a while, in 2015, I know you went to Vietnam. I saw you were painting yeah. with Mine, TWB. That's my brother right there, man. Yo. Mine's great people, man. Sick. Nicest yeah, guy. Like, the photos that you were posting looked so crazy. I remember you posted like Saigon. You were in Saigon. Yeah. There was like chickens on the side of the road and you were painting. Everywhere stuff. with chickens. <laughs> but it's like, it's just so third world, man. Mm -hmm. you, see, you see little kids sleeping on the street with their mothers and big giant cockroaches, water bugs running on top of them. I mean, you see some really sad things. And then you walk down certain alleyways with the dogs, and they're selling dogs for meat. And then, you, I mean, it's it's just a whole other world, you know. I don't think a lot of people could handle it. And then you see women selling their ten-year-old daughters, you know, on the street. And that's and, and then you go to the club. I went, we went to a club, and we left the club, and this woman selling like her five-year-old daughter for people. And I, we were like, "Yo, this is." You know, but you see some real harsh realities. I mean, it's all good to go there and fuck around, but then you see some serious shit. That being said, you've never thought about leaving America permanently, living somewhere else outside of the country? Israel, if I could. Why is that? It's incredible. I mean, every, I mean the, the people are mm -hmm. friendly, and I mean, the, the, the food is rich. The people are real chill. I have like a, a handful of friends out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and graffiti just lives out there. I was really? gonna ask, is a grass scene out there? A huge grass scene. Really? <laughs> but you barely see any Americans up. It's like mainly you see a lot of Russian writers and mm. you know, New Zealand you know, like anywhere else around the the world. 
over there. But it's it's beautiful out there, man. That's where all, all religions come together in Jerusalem. Yeah, you know. And then you see things like, like I've been to like uh, Mount Zion, the room where the Last Supper was, and I was fascinated, you know. And I've been to King uh, King David, the city of David, and I mean, you see some fascinating things, man. You know, and the crazy thing is, I went on this trip. It was like a, a group trip, like a like a group, like a that they show you the city of David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a tourist. And it was like twenty. Yeah. It was yeah. over twenty people, mm-hmm. and fourteen people were from Brooklyn. What? Yeah, man, a lot of Hasidim people. But I mean, it was cool, man. I would love to. I would live there. I was looking for apartments out there. Really? Yeah, it's dope, man. I mean, everybody is so cool. Everybody was so nice. You ever lived in like in America? You ever lived anywhere that wasn't New York? No, I stay. I've, I've spent a few like months here and there, like Germany and a few places. But because I know you paint, you painted in L.A. a lot. I lived in L.A. for eight years. Yeah. Why'd you Why'd you go there? Uh, I, I ran into some trouble. I had to bounce. Uh huh. You know what I mean? People yeah. fucking. They were. They were. They were. They were on me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I had to take off and disappear for a while. Were you painting then? I yeah. got too involved with painting it. Um, California, Los Angeles evolved me as a writer mm-hmm. more than, than, than ever. I what, mean, what would you say is the differences you see in the West Coast graph to the East Coast graph? Cause you, they're you more see both serious sides. about it in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. In terms of quality, you'd say? Or? Quality. They don't like yeah. throw-ups at all. Everything really? was quality. Mm-hmm. Everything is like... They don't. They're not big on the, the bombing tip, and and when they do go bombing, bombing to them is is like doing like three pieces. Yeah, execute two like, pieces. And some crazy spots too. Yeah. Some really dope, mm. you know. But the MSK guys, they really killed it out there, mm. you know. And they welcomed me with open arms when I was out there. So yeah, I know you came off in movies painting daytime there. I yeah, I mean you could you could paint during the day out there. Yeah. And nobody says anything. Really? But it's the gangs, really. Yeah. Like, I, I've been approached by gangs, and, you know, I, I'd be like, yo, I'm from New York, and then they would just leave me alone. But there was a few times where shit got sticky, and I had to get out of there. You know, like, they really were coming after me out there. Yeah, I yeah, saw so you were saying that in downtown L.A., you got caught by bullets, and the good thing for the crackhead, you were painting with x-ray. What happened yeah. there? Me and... Me and uh, Sai, Sai TMR, he lives out there. He's been living out there for like 20, 20 years. We were, we were like, I'm fascinated by going into bad neighborhoods and just painting next to the gang graffiti, just taking photos of it. So we were downtown, like some like deep downtown. I pulled, I had at this time, it was, I had a brand new uh, Dodge Challenger okay. at the time. And, and you had like, you know, like the key swath. You go near the car and the door just opens yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those at the time. and um, That's not the best car to ride in some dangerous neighborhoods. <laughs> oh, God. But check this out. We were catching tags on the gates. And the gates were completely destroyed with like gangs crossing each other. I think it was the crazy uh, riders yeah. in 18th Street. They were at war. They were completely scribbling on each other. So I'm catching tags, me and Cy. Crackhead comes from across the street, female crackhead. She's like, yo, homie, they're on the roof with a rifle. You got to go. 
So I heard that. I was like, no doubt. So I'm trying to get size. Size still catching tags. I'm like, yo, my man, we got to get the fuck out of here now. We got to go now. So he's walking slow. All of a sudden, we get near the car, maybe 10 feet from my car. I hear a door slam open from a boom. Bunch of cholos start coming outside. They start running towards us. We ran towards my car. Car opened up because I had the key suave. Started it up and just gunned it right into them. Into the, into the game. Yeah. The gunned then. it right into them. We wasn't taking no chances because, like, Cal- in, in, in Los Angeles, they don't play. Yeah. Like, that gang shit is for real. You know what I mean? Like, that, that gunplay is for real out there. You know, so, so did they shoot at you? No, not that I know of. Yeah, yeah. We didn't stick around and find out. Uh-huh. No, we got the fuck out of there because it's it's wild out there. How did the crackhead know that she had a rifle on the roof? Because they know every, crackheads know everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know their neighborhoods. Yeah. But it, it, like I was talking to like people out there, and they were telling me like the gangs out there do, they set up with rifles or guns, and they watch. Because they, 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 uh, there's a thing called tag banging mm-hmm. where they hit up their gang. Yeah. And then you have these other gangs go, they cross it out. So anyone who crosses it out, they would get shot. You know, they would shoot them. Yeah. That would, you know, because so, they would be at the top with a gun or whatever. So, but it's, it's another world out there, man. That's nuts. But the m- majority of my graffiti out there would get dissed. Why is that? Gangs. Oh, it was just getting dissed by gangs. Gangs. And out there, out there, they, they just diss everything. The gang, like, they, they're called tag bangers. Mm. They just bang everything. Even if you're a local, they'll cross everything out? I mean, local, I mean, they, they Unless diss you're connected everybody. with them, right? Yeah. They diss everybody yeah. out there. They don't, play, they don't play out there. Nothing lives. Out. But out there, too, it's like in New York, you have maybe... 10 people, the 15 people that go all city. Yeah. Out there, you got 200 people. Really? Going wow. all city. So I can and only like, imagine. You'll do a spot and it gets gone over that night. Yeah. Because they'll do a big gang block over you. It's crazy out there. The stuff runs less out there, no? There's so many people painting. Wow. Really? There's so many. There's, there's hundreds of kids painting at night out there it's hard to keep up with your spots because there's so many people painting that's what i was gonna say i could imagine the standards are probably up the roof you know what i mean if everyone's painting everyone's going all city doing these crazy pieces you know people are trying to elevate past that trying to stand out so it's crazy what they do a lot of kids they do just their 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 gang or their their crew the crew right you know they'll just do their crew block over everything and it's like yeah what the fuck i just did that yeah you know and they do like a big three-letter fucking thing that takes up like a block and they go over fucking everything. Damn. Would you say it's chiller to paint in New York than uh, New LA? New York is way chiller. LA is dangerous. Really? Even though you can paint in the daytime in LA. It's dangerous. The gangs, man. You got to watch out for the gang. Here, the gangs. you just got to watch out for cops pretty much. I mean, I've, I've had two attempted carjackings out there on me. Because like, I've never been carjacked in New York. Out there, like, I remember... I lived in this place called in North, I had this house in North Hollywood, and uh, I, my my Dodge Challenger. Mm. I had like a driveway, and then you pull out of the driveway, and then you, you close it, and you know. So my car was parked in the front, and it was getting it was like maybe ten o'clock at night. So I was gonna park my car in 
the driveway. So I opened up my fence. So I went to go pull my car around. A kid walks past me with a hood on. And I didn't think nothing about it, nothing, nothing by it. So I'm looking in this side mirror, my, my left mirror, to see when this car stops so I could pull out. All of a sudden, I see the kid ducking down, trying to grab my door. I just gunned it. I took off. I, I peeled out before he could even grab my, the door of my car. You know what I mean? And another time, I was at my boy Verse. He was visiting me. And we painted a spot during the day. And uh, we left the spot. And we're sitting in my car just talking. We see a cholo come out of the bushes. Wife beater, bald head, jogging. I'm just looking at him. He's getting closer to the car. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he tries to grab my door. I just, I got the fuck out of there. I just stepped on the gas. You know, but I mean, it's wild out there, man. Nice things most people in New York would never even think about happening. It barely happens here. Well, I mean, you got to realize out here there's like, what, 70,000 cops on the street a day? Out there is like 10,000. Like, you don't see cops for like weeks. Really? So then what do you think about, now that you say that, the whole, um, you know, dismantling the police force, defunding the police force in New York? You know, they're talking about that right now. What What are your thoughts on that? Because you just said that in L.A. Well, put it like this. We're getting 100 shoot- shootings a day. Right now. That's what's going on right now. Yeah. People want to, listen, I am not pro-cop at all. I don't believe in, in the injustices that they're doing, you know, but at the end of the day, we kind of need these guys around, you know, and because that we're fucking with them, they're fucking with us. And a what, what a one-year-old kid caught a, a stray bullet the yeah, other day. In Brooklyn, yeah, a cookout you know? or something. And then there's people yeah. are catching bullets left and right. So it's like, what do we do? Like I said, I don't, I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a cat and mouse game with them. Yeah. I'm doing my thing trying to avoid them. Exactly. But we all know what they're doing. They're fucking with people and they're, they're doing foul shit. Racist shit, foul shit. Everybody's a perp, but we, in the same sense, we need them as well. Because the streets right now are scorching. Like kids are getting killed left and right. What about like the father walking with his daughter? Kid ran up, popped him in the brain, and the the daughters are sitting there. Like yeah, I seen that. Listen, I mean, what do you guys think about this whole police thing? Uh, depends on you know what avenue we're gonna approach it from, but my thing is. Like, like I kind of, I pretty much, I'm on the same plane as you in the sense of, yeah, we do need them, but yes, there also are, are big problems within their system. I think a lot of the people who say dismantle or defund say it from a place of extreme safety. Yeah. They could live maybe here. You know, it's mad safe here. Or they can live in, in the East Village right now where it's super safe. Yeah. And maybe they haven't even had experiences with the police. And they're saying, oh, dismantle them, defund them, because it's cool right now to say but they don't, maybe they're not thinking thoroughly of what that actually means for someone like them. Because I know, you know, I didn't grow up in that era, but I know how the lower was back then. And I know that a lot of these people who live there who say dismantle them would not be living there or even be walking not the streets. Right now you could walk around with, you know, fresh Nikes, fresh polo and gold or a gold ring on every finger at two in the morning on Avenue A or whatever. Nothing's going to happen. 
Well, the chance of sun happening is little to none. Well, I mean, if you go by Avenue C, Avenue D, you might mm-hmm. you might have a surprise. No, but you know you know what I mean. Like it's you it's I mean? it's not how it was, and you know a lot of people are saying this and that. It's like yo, without them, I, like I know people who would just go and take all your stuff. So they're doing that now, bro. Yeah, the things I'm hearing, the things I'm seeing. How many videos a day you see? Yeah, they're up the roof right you now. You see that video yesterday? Those two dudes jumped out of a car with fucking guns. They jumped out of like an Uber. They ran up on someone. They popped somebody on their port on their their stoop, and yeah. then they jumped into another car. So I mean, listen, I don't know. I, we these guys got to get it together. No, yeah, for I sure. think I think uh, cops they need to they need to be trained differently. More, they I think to, so. They need mm-hmm. to Definitely. have more quality in their physical and in their mental because a lot of these cops are not all there either. You know what I mean? They're doing this racist, well, foul shit. Look at it like this. Yeah. You see death every day. Yeah. You see people just constantly running up yeah. on you, saying shit to you. Like, they get fucked with yeah, for all sure. day. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, think about, like, the shit that they're seeing... We we never experienced that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. And I got homies that are, I got a few homies that are cops, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're just desensitized. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy job. And their mentality is like us versus perps, and to them everybody's a perp when you talk to them. So it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. Like I said, I'm not for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I see it for what it is. Yeah, using just your sense. That's what I feel like a lot of people are missing right now is this the sense to think for themselves. A lot of group think going on, a lot of yeah. sheep mentality of if you don't think this way, then that means you're this. But, you know, you could be thinking a little bit like this, a little bit like that, you know, to each his own. And right now it's like if you don't say this exact thing right now, then you are this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I actually really like hearing, you know, someone like you or someone like Charlie or even know, you know, people with different backgrounds who are, they're not just being like a cab, hundred percent, kill them all, blah, blah, blah. Because if someone who hasn't been messed with by the cops says that, then it's not, it's not as valid as if someone who has an experience of a cop, maybe you could say as an enemy at one point in time or as someone you're trying to avoid. I've, I've dealt with that cop shit too throughout the years I can imagine you know what I mean I've dealt with that cop shit back in the days they would throw us up against the wall and just hit us with nightsticks they hit us in the back of the knees with nightsticks and they would just fuck with us you know what I mean but you know I'm not for them yeah but we kind of need these bastards yeah you know we need these dudes because there's people out there that are worse than them there's people <laughs> dying right now yeah. there's a lot of Young black and Hispanic men dying right now for yeah. nothing. They're getting shot up, gangs, all that nonsense, man. It's crazy out there right now. You know, it's crazy. The whole Corona thing happened, and then right after that, the George Floyd double thing. whammy, bro. It's like, what yeah. if I was thinking, yo, oh, we just need one more thing, uh, some natural disaster you, you to happen right now. You and know it's what's over. crazy? <laughs> this whole COVID thing is like, I remember like the coming weeks of COVID and everything was starting to go on. A lot of my homies are like getting guns ready. They're, yeah. they're thinking like some zombie apocalypse is happening. Yeah. I'm like, whoa! People hitting me up. Yo, I got this fucking Glock 30, and this. I'm like, yo, I'm good. 
I'm good, but it's. I knew it was, I wasn't going to get to that level, but. I mean, but the tension of the city was so thick. You know, I mean, everybody was like, for instance, because the gyms are closed down, I got to work out in a, in a park. It's, I fucking hate it. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's cool. It is what it is, yeah. but I just got to, like, you got to deal with what you're dealing with. So it was me and my man Keo and Samo, and we're. Al Diaz, we're we're doing our pull ups and push ups, yeah, yeah, calisthenics, and calisthenics seen, seen shit. Yeah. And there was some kid that walks up, he starts coughing, and and this is just within the coming weeks of everything happening. This kid's coughing, and he's like, uh, uh, he's spitting on the floor, and my man Al Diaz is like. Yo, my man, you keep doing that, we're going to fuck you up. <laughs> and I was like, yo, he's like, I was like, yo, this is really happening This is what's right going, now. this is what I have to do to work out. No, like, but, <laughs> but like, this is really happening right yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah. People are going nuts because of, of, yeah. of what's going on. 100%. Yeah. And this dude starts cursing back and, and Al's getting tight. Mm. And, and my man Keo's getting tight. And I'm like, yo. You know, but then the guy walked away like, fuck you guys. And, you know, he walks away, but I mean, the climate right now is unbelievable, man. Yeah, there's a lot of everyone's tension. A, yeah. Excuse me. Everyone's afraid. Everyone just doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows what to do. Our president's a bozo. Yeah. It's just the, the world. I mean, we're living in like de Blasio turned into Dinkins. Like the world is crazy right now, man. And you know what? I was starting to crack up in the house, and I'm like, this quarantine shit. And, but then I started fucking dusting off the cans and yeah. paint. <laughs> I'm like, wow, there's nobody out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's going on right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm hitting up OJ, and OJ's like, oh, I'm just staying in the house, man. I'm not trying to catch COVID. And then I tell him, I, the next day I call him, like, yo, I went painting last night. He's like, how was it? I'm like, it's dead. <laughs> There's nobody out there. And then he started coming out. <laughs> then we started going out together. And then next thing you know, 300 fill-ins later, it was yeah. still going. But, but I mean, it was, like, it, it, was, it was like the zombie apocalypse out there, bro. Like, yeah. we're out there painting. You know, you see is just junkies. Like, the junkies were having a part. Like they were yeah. partying out there. Like yeah. everyone's staying home, like bugging out. And meanwhile, we have a curfew. I'm driving my little car around. Mm. There's nobody around. Like we're catching fillings on the busiest intersections. Yes, 100%. There's no, there wasn't even police outside. I mean, no, no cops. Yeah. And then when the cops seen you, they were driving past you. They wanted nothing to do with you because they don't want you coughing on them. Yeah. You know, but it was so crazy. Like, we're doing spots, and cops are driving past us, not giving a fuck at, at all. As if you're in a different country now. Yeah, yep. pretty much. Like, we, when, we, when we were painting in Brazil, the police had waved to you. <laughs> and we were like, oh, hey, hi. You know, how are you? But when we were in, and we, even when we were in Vietnam, they didn't even know what graffiti was. Because graffiti was, like, maybe one or two years old mm. in Vietnam and no one even knew what the fuck it was. But out here, police wanted nothing to do with you, man. It was amazing to see, bro. 
It was amazing to see, just to be out there. And, and we're still out there. We're still out there. Like, it's still quiet out there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You would think five months later, people would start to get comfortable, but people are really still staying inside. But during the day, it's busy. Yeah. But at night, it's like... Yeah, it's like a dead zone. There's nobody out here still. Yeah. It's like yeah. prime time. But stick-up <laughs> kids are, are wilding. Oh, 100%. They're yeah. wilding. They're, they're wilding out there. They're shooting each other like crazy out there. You know? Like, I was painting through... Um, Southside Jamaica the other night. There's nobody out there, man. Southside is was a dead zone. It was like, you know, everywhere's a dead zone. So you really you go out to all the boroughs, Everywhere. all the neighborhoods. I was doing Staten Island the other night. I know you got something a, f- a few blocks down that I've seen. It, it's been there for a minute. I you know what it is. I always I just drive around and I roam around, but I won't write on things that are clean. Yeah. Like if I see a gate with some scribble on it, I'll just do a filling over it. Because, like, I mean, let's get real right now. No one does tags no more. Everything is about feelings right yeah, now. Yeah. It's like, you got to get in where you fit in. Like, your tag is not going to make light. Unless you're, like, like a certain head with, with, like, a name and, like, a easy or, or like, Keo or someone with, like, a crazy mm. hand style, like, Hayes, Chino. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, those dudes, like... Their one tag equals like ten of some some other dude's fillings. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I mean, it's it's no one does tags no more, man. Yeah. In terms of the whole working out thing, so you before the whole COVID thing, you would often frequent a gym. I was in the gym six days a week. What do you do then? I was powerlifting, doing calisthenics. You know, I was you know, my my cardio is up. But now, you know, no gym. So, all right, work out in the park. Yeah. One, two weeks, three weeks, month. Yeah. Month and a half, two months, three months, four months now. It's like I lost, I lost a lot. Lost I'm a like, lot of the... I lost a lot of size. I lost a lot of, like, I'm losing momentum. Mm. Like, there's only so much you could do. And, and 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 now, like especially like the weights and everything now, they're jacked. The the prices are ridiculous. Oh yeah, because they know really? the, they know the demand is up there. You know, you know you're getting Reasons. like a three hundred dollar bicycle for like fifteen hundred. Crazy. You know, you're buying dumbbells for like a hundred dollars a dumbbell, two hundred dollars a dumbbell. You know, it's crazy out there. I mean, my man just bought a bench for like three hundred and change. You know, it's it's like it's, I saw you guys were bringing weights to the parks and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. when you go to the park, what, what's your routine like, for like a regular routine it's, for you? It just depends on the day. I mean, one day we do like one body part a day, but then yep. we do like all the cardiovascular. You know, we do all like, you know, the pull-ups and all that stuff. Just keep the blood flowing, mm-hmm. but it's like, you want the gyms back, man. No, you 100%. miss it because the sun's brutal. Yeah. You're out there and the sun's brutal. Yeah, same thing. I used to go to the gym like three in the morning every single day before work, and I honestly that's what got my energy going before work, you know. And um, are you still training at all? Or no? Yeah, hundred percent. I still go to the parks, but like you said, once the gym's closed, I went to the parks, and the parks are fucking crowded. Like when, when the six in the morning, all these people that used to go to the gym now they're in the parks, and 
you know, you can only be around, you know, there's not that much space on a pull-up bar, so. Tell me about, like, the people who you used to work out with, who he probably knows. Um, you know, Brooklyn Tank and all these dudes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I see them yeah, 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 hell yeah, those are, I used to train I with them, them all the, the time. I see them at the parks where I train. Back in the days, yeah, because I, I seen on your Instagram, you have, like, mutual, um, people, like, you worked out mm. with Cinderblog and Coney yeah, Island. Yeah, I know, I know Bob, yeah. 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 <laughs> Coney Island. Yeah, those, uh. Um, Coney Island, go there on the weekends. Those are good spots, that's yeah. What, yo, that's what we started to do, we started we start like whenever I'll go there in the morning, we'll go there super super early. We were there on Tuesday, right? Yeah, like four we in the morning. Tuesday, like four in the morning, just getting money on the bars. But you know, I live here, so I'll sleep over here. You live a mission, my it's man. It's a mission, and I take the train too. You need a car. Stop <laughs> with that bullshit. Yeah, I live in Bensonhurst, so it's like two, three stops away. Oh, you're you know? close. <laughs> Close. You said you train with a uh, Keo. I've been on his gram before. All and he, the time. He he eats really clean, like plant based, pretty much, he right? Does. What are your thoughts on like diet? You would say diet is everything. Yeah. I mean, abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Diet is everything. Nutrition is everything. I mean, you put bad gas in the car, your car's not going to run right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you got to, especially at my age, I'm 45. I'm trying not to be 45. I'm trying not to look and feel 45 at all. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to live and just do my thing. Yeah. Stay drama free as much as possible, but just stay on top of my game. Yeah. When did you start working out? I like junior high school. I had bodybuilding. Sick. You ever compete or anything? Uh, I thought about it. Yeah. I was just heavily into like powerlifting, and I trained with a lot of interesting people. Bernard Seely, he would train me a little bit. And I was a kid. Uh, Kai Green would train me yeah. a little bit. <laughs> So I've been around a lot of interesting people, learning, and, you know, I started going to Fifth Avenue Gym in Park Slope, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a kid, and that just, you know, watching, it was all monsters in there, and watching all them dudes and, and, and the way, their ways of being really motivated me. Of course, I was making mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, but they would help me out, and they would train me. And mm-hmm. There was always always helping me out which I was grateful for you think that training helped you think differently of course but also made me think negative too how's that you know when you when you're young and you're starting to get some size on you start thinking a little more of yourself mm-hmm. you know and you start becoming like bullyish mm-hmm. you know and you start this like being a little full of yourself until you get deflated yeah. you know until that one person comes and deflates yeah. you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be a person. It could just be COVID. <laughs> or a woman. A woman yeah. will deflate a man faster than a, than a man will. Yeah, 100%. Literally. You know what I mean? And well, women are powerful, man. They're more powerful than men are. I'm not talking physically. Yeah. talking about their ways of being. is way more powerful than us. 100%. Yeah. You could be with a woman and you could... Stop working out. You could do stop doing everything you enjoy. You could be with a woman yeah. for 10, 15, yeah. 20 years yeah. and not know them until you move in with them. Yeah. You don't know a woman until you live with them. At all. I've made those discoveries. <laughs> you know, I've married, I was married, I made those those discoveries and it's not easy. Marriage is not easy. You know what I mean, but it is what it is. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking about that cuz I know when people start working out or training and doing all that stuff, they start eating they start eating differently cuz they're trying to make it count, you know, if you yes. just work out and you don't eat correctly, it doesn't it doesn't 
your progress gets hindered and then they start thinking differently. They start waking up earlier. They start just being more productive and it all stems from doing some sort of training. The people on the outside who maybe yes. don't do that, maybe they'd be like, oh, you just do it for this or that. Or I do it because I'm a gym rat. Okay. I'm a gym rat. I love, I love training. I love training every day. But because of everything going on, I don't, I don't, mm. it's like a, I'm like not motivated like I was. Yeah. So I've just been focusing on work more and just like, you know. So what's your day-to-day -day like with the work and the working out and all that stuff? Like what time do you wake up? Uh, well, I do construction. I really don't really tell too many people what the mm -hmm. hell I do. Mm. You know, but um, I train after work. I get out of two. I'm in the gym by three. I'm in the park by three, mm -hmm. home by like six, depending, you know, it's, it's various. Home by yeah. six, painting with OJ by one? I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll, t I'll take a nap, then I go pick up OJ by 10, yeah, yeah. and then we'll just go till two or three, then I'll go home, get another hour or two sleep and go to work again. Yeah, that sounds very similar to, to, my, <laughs> to my day I, routine. I, I paint, I, I, I probably paint like three, four nights a week. Yeah. You know? That's a lot, man. You know what it is? I'm bored, man. Yeah. I'm fucking you, bored, you've man. You've been painting more because of the COVID? Fuck yeah. I'm bored, man. There's no more gyms. Women are hiding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking bored, man. Like, I, I sit home. I got two dogs staring at me. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. What the fuck is good? <laughs> but I'm, I'm bored. That's why I paint. That's why I've been painting so much. Like, I love it. Yeah. But the... Just this whole thing. There's no more movie theaters. Like yeah. restaurants, you got to eat outside. Like no one's chilling. My people, are like I'm not going out. I'm taking care of my kids and all that. Yeah. And, like I'm staying home with my kids, and I'm like, all right, cool. And the thing is with the gyms, didn't they say that they're indefinitely closed? So there's no set date right now when they're gonna they're, reopen. They're talking about next year. But what? These, these gyms are not gonna make it. No, I, I know. Year? They're yeah. trying to sue. They're trying to get it to get get together and sue the city. Twenty four hour fitness just went bankrupt. Can you believe it? Twenty four hour fitness used to used to be Jack Elaine went bankrupt. Yeah, I was talking to a lot of people how if they really cared about our health, gyms would be the first they thing they would open. Gyms would be the first thing they would open because I go to the gym at three in the morning. Do you know how many elderly people I see every single day there? What do you think these people are doing at home now? They're just withering away and it's sad to say, but they're not in the best shape. As they were when they were going every day. I see a lot of older people going on these long walks, man. They're yeah. just walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, this yeah. thing motivated. 100%. It's funny how, for example, a place like Home Depot, which is a big business, can stay open. But a mom and pop hardware store, they can sell the same thing. Well, look things. how big Home Depot is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Home Depot is huge. But it's just, it's just crazy, man. And then they, they make the mom and pop shop continuously pay rent, but they know they can't make any money. Yeah, it's this whole government ploy. It's insanity. It's a whole government ploy. Like, mom and pop businesses are really getting their asses kicked. You know, I got friends of mine that have restaurants. They're getting their asses kicked. You know, and I, and I see it, and I feel so bad for them. And then with the riots, yo, some of these mom and pop stores got annihilated. <sighs> yo, these riots are just... I mean, what do you take? What do you take of all this? I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, get your, get your voice heard. Yeah. You know, what the, the injustices are not... Listen, my mom is black and my father's white. So I've, I've watched it my whole life growing up. You know what I mean? Because people, because I'm, I'm fair-skinned, 
people would slip and say shit in front of me, and I would get it all the time. But And I would watch it happen to my mother as well. So, I mean, my father's Italian, my mother is Puerto Rican and Jamaican. So whenever I would watch my mother go through it with my father's family. My father's family was real cruel to her. Real cruel, so... But then my mother was always in and out of jail, you know, and then my father's family took me away from her because she was always in and out of jail. So she never, she got mixed up with drugs, and that's why I'm sober. She got too caught up with heroin and crack, which I've always, it's like, but watching her, I've, I've stayed away from it. And then when I was around four years old, my mother went to jail for a murder. She ended up, she was married to someone there was a very abusive relationship. She ended up stabbing him, and she did eight years for that. She went to jail for eight years while he, you know, he, he died. When you were four? Yeah. So when she got out, you were 12. And then I lived in my father's family. Father's family telling me all the bad things that she was. And bad, don't talk, bad, bad. When she came out, I never had a relationship with her because of everything that was instilled in my brain because of my mother was who she was. So, you know, when you're a kid, you're easily, in, you're easily brainwashed and you're easily, you know, told things and I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're impressionable. Yes. Any yes. little thing can just seriously brainwash you at that age. You don't know. You're a kid. Yep. You're thinking this person that you trust is telling you the truth. Mm. So, but I mean, you learn as you get older. I know you were into you were into the hardcore scene growing up. I was. I grew up going to hardcore shows heavy. I was. I wasn't like the guys I came up with were heavily with the hard with hardcore. Like New York hardcore specifically. Yeah, the guys I came up with were heavily into hardcore. Like they had their own bands and yeah, you know they were that, that was their thing. Still is their thing. Yeah. How'd you yeah. get into How'd you get into that? Uh, Isaac, mm-hmm. Isaac, Isaac, when I was young, he would take me out, you know, he introduced me to that, the lifestyle, you know what I mean? And him and OZ156, and they would, they would take me out and they introduced him to me, you know, and that's how I got into it. Would you see bands like, because I'm not sure what years you were going to shows heavy, but you'd go to the Early CD 90s, 94. You see, like, Cro-Mags, Madball. Wolf, yeah, they were all good friends. Agnostic Front, all those bands. They're all guys I grew up with. How were those shows? They were fun. Yeah? I mean... Because I, I hear yeah. legends about CBGBs. I, I never went. I so. grew up in CBGBs, practically. Going there throughout the years. CBGBs was incredible, man. It was, it was an experience. I mean, from seeing the Bad Brains to Sick of It All to Cro-Mags to... Crown of Thorns, I mean, it was it was it was fun, and we would ride all over the place mm-hmm. as everything was going on. Yeah, everything was time. covered in graph, right? Covered, covered. I have pieces of CBGB's home. A piece of the state. I, know I have a piece went. of the wall. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Still. I know people were going taking pieces of the stage and yeah, stuff man. when they were gonna. All of us were. We were all taking pieces of it. And what's crazy is those lineups back then were just. All oh yeah, heavy. yeah. Yeah, you'd have like fucking Maximum Penalty, fucking 25 to Life, Mad Ball, Agnostic Front. Comics, all on the same card. 
all in the same card. Yeah. Now you're lucky if you get two of those exactly. bands. Exactly. Everyone will go to that show. With a whole bunch of, of like local bands. Yeah. Would you say how is, how is the scene now compared to back then? I haven't been to a show in years. Yeah? I grew out of it. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing anymore. When I was younger, yeah, but I, I grew out of it. It's just not my thing. You know, I listen to some of it, like Cro-Mag is regularly, you know, certain bands. But, I mean, as time goes on, you just, like, go in different directions. And you, you, you know. Different priorities. Yeah. Also, it's, it's hard to stay feeling that certain way, the type of way that hardcore music is. As you grow older, maybe you're more positive and you're less violent or you have less negative feelings towards the world, at least me personally. So it's hard to relate as much. You're not as angry. My problem is I'm too negative. Okay. When I listen to negative music, I get worse. Oh, okay. So I try not to listen to negative music. You know what I mean? I, I'm negative as it is, and I'm, you know, I, I fight with it. So I, I try to stay in a more of a clear path. Yeah. You know, I listen to more like classic rock and things like that, but I'm, I'm negative, man. I'm for real negative, so I try not to. I don't want to go in that direction. Because yeah, at the end of the day, music is just—it's like mind food. I mean, music sets the tone. Exactly. You hear a certain song, you're home or you're driving or whatever, and it's a—you certain things will trigger yeah. you. You could decide how you feel in a second. Yeah, yeah and and it could either ruin your day or yeah. make your day. Yeah, and people think something. A song, how could that ruin your day? That's all up to you, but it does affect... It affects you. It's affecting your subconscious, and then that affects the whole rest of your day. Yeah, yeah 100%. So I try, to, I try to just stay more positive, man. Yeah. You know? I'm just trying to do the right things, stay more positive. Try not to fucking fall into a negative zone. Yeah, but it's funny, too, because hardcore used to be more positive. Depending. Like some of the bands, like the youth crew bands, Youth of Today. H2O, or even, exactly. Youth of yep. Today. And then there are other bands Underdog, that were like, like that. super about just negativity. I like the negative stuff. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do I. I was more into I think the it negative sounds better. stuff. Yeah. It sounds better. Yeah, because I was fucking negative. Man. Yeah. So I, was, I don't, I don't listen to hardcore music. that much, but the lyrics are so sick, man. Like all the anti-government, the anti-everything. I love that shit. <laughs> that, yeah, man. Well to, well, to me, growing up, hip-hop guys stole the hardcore style. Mm. Hardcore kids had shaved heads, army coats, army fatigues, and then like Onyx came. Yeah. And when Onyx adapted that style, then Street Cats started adapting that style. Then you had like Nas and everybody else adapting to that style. But to me, it was more like hardcore kids was was doing that first. Mm. Like the the aggressive lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. You ever thought that? When you were going to all those shows in New York Hardcore, would become this big staple worldwide of, you know. It's what I really mean? not that. It, it's it's a nice size. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I would go on tours of friends' bands. Like, yeah, I actually saw I saw you were on tour with was it Scarhead or Crown of Thorns? Many times. Somewhere in. Uh, Ezek is my big brother, man. Word. He's my big brother forever, man. That guy, it's nothing but unconditional love for him, always. I'll always be there for him always. That guy is, he's definitely molded me negative and positive on how I am right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I'll I'll have nothing but love for that guy forever. You guys were painting painting together at one point? We were just more, he took me under the wing, man. I was more like a little brother to him, you know what I mean? 
he always looked out for me. Like, growing up, he was always like, yo, come here, I got you. You know, so Isaac always had me as a kid. And I always will have him for the rest of his days as well, too. You know, all the New York DMS guys. Like, that's all family. Unconditional family for me. You know what I mean? Even if we, we, we fall out and we don't talk or whatever, like I'll, I'll always have their back and I'll always be there for them no matter whatever happens. That's, all, that's always going to be family. Like family doesn't speak for times. And it is what it is. And then you just catch back up and then yeah. boom. But yeah. I'll always have their back forever. You saying that really reminds me of when Charlie was talking about BTM. <laughs> I don't know if you... If you yeah, yeah. Just talking about, you can see the way you're talking, super genuine about how. I love them guys forever. They made me who I was. I can never deny where I came from. I came from like New York DMS. That's where I came from. My negative ways and my positive ways. You know what I mean? But I'll, I'll forever be grateful for them. Yeah, it's really interesting hearing you talk, man. Like you, Charlie, all these. Cause Honestly, a lot of the yo, guests we've that been we, through shit. Yo, that's man. what I'm saying. A lot like, of the guests that we had on, because we're we're only like in our 20s, early 20s. So, hearing you guys speak about your life experiences, what your mindset is now, it honestly it motivates us, and it's almost like a cheat code on how to live our lives. You know what I mean? Like to look at you guys and take the good and keep your good yo, people around yeah, you. Hell man. yeah, man! But when you start seeing some fuck shit, walk away. Yeah, it's not worth it, man. And you start there's no, seeing there's no some, time. There's no time for that. Like I had, I had dudes that were the closest to me and all they were doing was plotting and meanwhile I paid their bills I took Bro. care of them and all they was doing was plotting exactly trying to set said. me up for a downfall and then when they did that their karma came to them 100% and, and, and now they're in terrible situations Yo, karma now. doesn't let anybody now their slide. health is awful because of their karma karma doesn't ignore anybody you can't man. fuck people over no <laughs> And think nothing's going to happen? Would you say you're like a spiritual kind of person? No. Uh, I'm kind of, yeah, I guess. I'm just more, I'm just, I just go by my experiences, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? My experiences is what made me who I am. Yeah. You know, I've been through some shit, man. I've been, I've had like 10 different life, life ex, lifetimes. I was very well, lots of money. To very poor and fucked up, and then you see who is there for you. Yeah. Always you. Oh, you, you. When you're at your worst, you see who is there for you. When I hit my worst, people turned on me quick. I mean, quick. It wasn't even like they was talking trash about me. They was like this. Just they would do anything to hurt me. They would lie. They would tell yo this guy slept with your girlfriend. This guy yo anything to to try to destroy me. That's what people would do when, when you're at your lowest. But it made me stronger. It made me stronger. It made me more like just stand on my own too. And you know what? I'll, I'll get over this. I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, I'll figure it out. I'll always figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, off. go ahead. Go um, ahead. Yeah, like hearing people talk about them hitting rock bottom and growing out of that and growing to become a better person that man that's i love hearing about that stuff because i know a lot of people that have hit rock bottom and it, i'm sad to, like, I'm, it sucks to say but they mostly stay there you know and um depends on how old they are yeah sometimes you do get out of it man if you're yeah. motivated you no, bro, i hope everybody does it. man this we got one fucking life 
There's people out there who don't fucking deserve it, though. That is true. You know, is there's people true. out there, they should fucking stay rock bottom. Yeah, because they use it at, yeah. I know some people, they should fucking stay there for the rest of their lives. Yeah. For the foul shit that they do to people. No, there is definitely that. You know, but listen, man, so just try to keep a positive head and just move forward, man. You know, I just try to move forward every day. Be a better person than I was yesterday. But I'm human. I make mistakes still. The negative thoughts come in, and I'm just trying to, like, I'm like I battle them sometimes. And I'm like, fuck. But graffiti always helps me. Yeah. Graffiti always helps me. It always, like, gets me back on track. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Graffiti always helps me, man. You think I want to fucking paint at 45 years old, nigga? Come on. Like, fuck, fuck, am I crazy? But it always gets me back on track, man. I lost so many relationships to it, friendships to it, family stopped talking to me about it, but it's always there for me. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, a lot of writers say that it's definitely a form of therapy that a regular person wouldn't understand unless they're really in it. They wouldn't know. Unless they're really out there at night while everyone's sleeping in their own mind doing this, they don't understand that feeling of it's you against the world in a way and you, you learn a lot about yourself it's when the adventure in man. that quiet yeah climbing those fences yeah. <laughs> like seeing the odd things like you're on side blocks trying to get shit off and you see some weird fucking dude sitting yeah. in the car with three wheels blasting Wu-Tang yeah. <laughs> watching porn yeah. like it's a different nigga what are you doing it's a different world from all the pretty Times Square billboards all the pretty see, businessmen with their suits walking around the streets is different see at night bums fucking <laughs> you're like whoa like you know what I mean you see some wild things bro you see some wild things what do you think is the most wild thing you've seen right here Oh, man, <laughs> fucking painting a spot. It was a cold 45. We were in some parking lot. Maybe it's like 2005. We're staying on top of a truck doing a fill-in. I was going over somebody because I was manipulated into going over people then. And um, cop pulls into the parking lot. We duck in between the car, in between the truck and the wall. And the car was there for like maybe 45 minutes. We were stuck there. Then we look. It was two male cops doing gay stuff with each other. Uh, wow. In the West Village. And we were like, oh, shit. You know, like. But you see so many odd things, you know. Graffiti that normal people that will never even experience. Normal people will not experience the things that we see. I mean... I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really wouldn't. You also, over, you said over 10 years ago, you, a cop saw you painting a roof on the BQE, and then you waited, he tried to wait we for you. We waited it out. Down. You waited for five hours. Me and Colt right? 45 waited it out. They seen us, it was a big roof off the BQE, and Colt did our names in his signature blocks yeah. that he did, and I filled it in. And, and cops seen us. And they waited down there, and we just hid up top. And we stayed up there until the daylight. And then you until they left, over? and they were gone. And then we left, you know. But there was so many situations like that. But I really, I don't like to write in front of anyone. I don't like to write with people that are reckless. There's a handful of people I do like to paint with because we're careful. Mm -hmm. We watch. We don't write in front of anyone. 
Nobody. Period. Nobody. If it takes us one hour to do a filling on the gate, it'll take us one hour to do a filling on the gate. Just no one. The other night, me and my man Psych, we're painting a gate, and we're looking up, and there's a fucking window, there's a light on, and there's a cat looking out the window. <laughs> and this dude I'm with, I'm like, yo, don't stop. Now the owner of the cat is sitting on the fucking balcony. I'm halfway done with my filling. I'm like, he's smoking. He's sitting there. We're waiting. He goes inside, turns the light off. All right, we're getting ready to go. Light comes back on again. He sits back outside again. Yo, this dude did it five times. Turn the light off. Turn the light on. Turn the light off. Turn the light on. I was, then he's watching us. And I'm like, fuck. Like, you had to call that fucking cat. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Did so you always like, paint like that? Always super careful? or um, oh Yeah. Really? Always? Always. That's, 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 that's so why I don't have too many arrests for graffiti. Really? You know, the only time I got arrested for graffiti is when other people fucked up. You know, I'm always careful. You know, people don't like painting with me because I will wait and I'm patient. You know, mm-hmm. I am patient. And OJ's the same way. We will sit on a spot... For 25, 30 minutes until we finish it. You know what I mean? And it looks crispy and it's clean. We will sit on a spot. A lot of dudes I would paint with, they're going in front of everybody and my stomach is uncomfortable. I'm getting nauseous, nauseated. <laughs> I'm fucking like about to shit myself. <laughs> like, I'm nervous. And I was like, I can't do that no more. It takes more. away the whole point of it, right? It, ta- it takes away all of it. I'm just trying to get a, something clean and crispy off on this gate. I'm not trying to fucking do something big and sloppy and just go in front of everyone yeah. and look wild, mm-hmm. you know? So I'd rather just take my time. But when I'm out of the country, I'm going in front of everybody. <laughs> fucking. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. It's all good. But I'm, I'm, I take my time. I take my time. Last night we were taking our time. It was me, OJ, and Teo. We were out there fucking... We got a good amount of stuff off last night. Yeah, you, night. Guys been, uh, you guys been definitely killing it, man. Yeah, I haven't seen Teo in probably 20 years. Wow. And last night was the first time in like 20 years I've seen dude. We were like, oh shit. You guys you are know? good like triple, you know what I mean? Like your styles and everything, they fit very perfectly. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, how many spots do you guys try to do in there? Uh, we're not greedy. Between five and ten. You know, we're not greedy. A lot of times we're home by two o'clock. Really? We'll start at ten. Wow. We're home by two. You know? You never go straight to work from painting? You always have to I did to yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, we got done at four o'clock. I, you know, they dropped me off in my car. I drove back to, to, to where I live. And fucking... Took a shower, walked dogs, and right to work. Yeah. You know, I was pissed. My dog had my brand new sneakers out, walking around the house with them. He puts them in his mouth. I was fucking flipping out last night. But you know, and the ride over here wasn't that fun either with the traffic and all that shit. Yeah, I was like to take a dump the whole. <laughs> it was terrible. It was awful, man. I was sitting in traffic. Oh shit, I to, this fucking horrible. 
Yeah, man. Yo, it's been an hour and seven seconds. That's it? Yep. I mean, I got more to say. What do you want to talk let's, about? Let's keep it going. Let's keep yeah, it going. I don't care. Let's keep going. I'm, I'm not All right, fucking... yo. All right. Um, Ask me any question. I what do you, you want to know? I got you right now. What's up with that? It has to be controversial questions. I got you with a controversial one right here. Um, I know DMS and YKK, they have beef forever. I know it's kind of settled down now. What, what was your experience with that? We never fought each other. You never fought each other? We never fought each other. It was a constant beef over nothing. It was a beef over nothing. It was over knowing J.A. They knew J.A. So whoever was involved with knowing J.A., it was like, all right, we went over them. But it was never nothing. We were never in the same places together. And you know what? Shout out to Scuff. That's my boy. Me and Scuff became friends. And he's a great guy. And I regret ever having problems with the guy. You know, Scuff is a good dude. So yeah. no one from either crew has ever fought each other? I think MQ has fought JA in the past. Uh-huh. But that was about it. Wow. That's but really that shocking. mainly was graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And with other writers, there was personal things that happened with other writers. That was personal outside of graffiti. Mm-hmm. But the YKK thing never came of anything. You know? It never came of anything. I could lie and say, yeah, we went, di-. no, it never came of anything. And then me and Chino, we did the whole squashed wrists and DMS beef. Because it was just like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. And then I met Ghost, good dude. We would talk every once in a while, great guy. You know? It just never came of anything. That's interesting, because in, in, I just assume that some crazy altercations happened because of Nothing. the graph beef. I've seen some people talking about how there was uh, a lot of blood spilled over that and a bunch there of There was stuff blood like spilled over other things. But graffiti wasn't ever that serious. Okay. What's painting with MQ like? Yeah, yeah, what's, what's painting with MQ like? He's, he's a man on a mission. He's a man on a mission. He goes out, he executes. He's a man on a mission. Because you painted with a lot of, of people. I was looking through your grandma scene. Just Interesting. A bunch of, my, my highlight was painting with scene. Yeah? Scene. That was one of my highlights. What did you paint with them? Where? where, where? LA, oh. California, freight trains. Okay. Freight trains. Me, Risky, Scene, Revoke. And Cess, right? Cess, yeah, yeah. Warp, Moore. All at the same time. Kick. We were all together. <laughs> Craziness. Imagine you walk up into that yard and you see you guys. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you, they're good people, man. Kick, warp, more, revoke. Good guys. Nothing but respect for those guys. Shout out to Alloy, too. That's my brother right there. Just got off the phone with him when I was coming here. Alloy, that's my man. Um, Eclipse, another dear friend. Eclipse MSK. That's, isn't that the guy who started? He was one of the yes. guys who started MSK. Yes, dear he friend. He has that hand, yeah. Seventh letter, dear friend. Nothing but love and respect for those guys. So have you yourself, you never fought over graph beef? What's up? You, you yourself, you've never fought over graph beef? Well, not really. Not, we never really... Because I feel like people know you for, for being ready to fight. Yeah, I mean, we have, we, we have our moments. You know, I'm no stranger to it. Things have happened in life and in, in past. You fight people and you get your bumps and bruises, but you know, that was never really 
we were, we, we were, our problems were with other situations. Graffiti was like the last of, wasn't even, it was the last of the last. It was just like a hobby. It was, it was just the last of the last. Yeah. You know, I mean, the real beef was with other situations. You know what I mean? We were just all young, young men, you know, and hand like sticking together and yeah. being, being there for each other. One of us would have a situation. We would all have a situation. I mean, it was a family. Did you ever identify with the whole the, the skinhead movement and the hardcore scene? I didn't grow up in that world. I didn't grow up in that world. I mean, I, I knew a lot of skinhead guys, but it just wasn't my thing. Because I know back then it was heavy. Everybody I grew up that. with fucking, like, Red Alert, Chuck Chill Out, and Mr. Magic. And Metallica and the Misfits and... That's the shit I grew up on. Like my little transistor radio when I was a kid, you know, Chuck Chill Out on Fridays, Red Alert on Saturdays on, on 98.7. Then down the dial was Mr. Magic on 107.5. That's who raised me as a kid listening to that. Then I would listen to Metallica, Overkill, and things like that. And then when Ezek, when, when, when he took me under the wing, then I was introduced to hardcore and, mm-hmm. and, and all that world. You know what I mean? And then taking me to hardcore shows and Biohazard and, and then becoming friends with these guys and growing up with these dudes. And, you know, that's, it's all love, man. It's all love. How was painting with R.D.? He's the best. Yeah? R.D.'s the best. He, he is the most ups. dedicated man I know. He is dedicated. Me and him, we probably talk on the phone two, three times a day. Really? Oh, he's the best, man. You you guys got to talk to him. He has so much to say, man. And he has lived like 10 different lives, man. R.D. is the best. He's really artistic. His drawings are super I can do that. Let's do it. I can do that. R.D. is the best. You you will be here for five hours. (laughs) Like he has so much to say. He is the best, man. Nothing but love and respect for 357 always. Yeah, so what, tell the people all the crews that you're in, or the main ones at you least. You know what? I mean, the, the crews that I'm in, the, the, these guys are my friends. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hook, you know, BYI, Chino, BYI is my dear friend. I will always rep BYI. 357, RD is a dear friend. I will always rep him. Uh, Keo, X-Men, love him. He's my brother forever. X-Men for always. You know, my man Trim, that's my family right there, TNC. Like, the crews that I rep are my friends. Like, Wards of Brooklyn, Caves. Yeah. Shout out to Caves. How you know, to- I'll talk to them. I speak to these guys. These guys are my friends. But, you know, they're, the crews I rep are my friends, man. I can never want to put up a crew... That, you know, you don't really know people. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, because a lot of people get thrown down in crews after one day of just chilling with someone, and you know what I mean? They just keep repping it. But if you don't, in my eyes, if you truly aren't, you know, ready to really live with these people or chill with them, you know, it's... Yeah, it's a I big don't really, commitment. Yeah, yeah. It's a commitment. Yeah. You got to... It's a lot of loyalty that goes into it. You got to be on call, and it's a yeah. commitment. Yeah. It's a lot of work, which yeah. I'm no stranger of. You know, all these guys, I love these guys dearly. The New York DMS guys, I love them unconditionally, even though we don't speak as much anymore. You know, I love them guys all unconditionally. 
What about that dude just out of curiosity I see on your gram, Jiu-Jitsu Vandal? Oh, that's Sai. He's the best. That's my best friend. We, we met when we were 13. And uh, we hung out with a crew called DPP, Destroying Public Property. <laughs> and um, then we lost touch for a couple of years. And then I moved to L.A. It's like, yo, what's up? You know, that's my brother forever, man. He lives in L.A.? Shout out to Sai. He's... He's an L.A. guy. He's from Queens, but he's been living in L.A. for so many years. What are your thoughts on martial arts and all that stuff? You ever got into any of those? No, it was never like a huge thing for me, mm-hmm. but it's, it's discipline. I mean, I, I look at it like you have when you're a trained fighter or when you're a, a young kid or, and, and you were raised tr- fighting, like training, you're going to be a calm person because you know what you're capable of doing. Instead of reacting, you were going to like sit it out, back it up, and, and walk away from it because you know what you could do to this person. We just recently had, actually, the last person we had on, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Probably calm as hell. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, a a, a lot of them, a lot of them talk know. about how, let's say they grew up fighting, but now they don't even want to fight. They don't look for fights because, if anything, they I back away from it. don't fight nobody yeah, either. Exactly. Yeah. There's one person or two people that, it's on mm. when I see him. But otherwise than that, I don't want to fight nobody, man. Yeah. I don't want to fight nobody. I just want to live my life and do my thing. But I know you can't have everything. Graffiti comes with problems. So you're going to have problems with people, hands down. It, it just what, it's what it is. It's the yin and the yang. It's the yin and the yang. Like exactly. you, Writing graffiti, you're going to have issues. You know what I mean? But I'm no stranger to them, so it is what it is. Know how to handle it. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Chances are they don't fucking say shit to you when they yeah, see you yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's all yap and their keyboard on their phone or whatever, you know what I mean? They're not going to say shit when they see you. Do you have any regrets from anything? From If you could do things over again, say advice you'd give to a 15-year-old skid. A 15-year-old me? Respect your friends. Don't push your friends away. Don't do stupid shit that you're going to fuck people over and hurt their feelings. I made a lot of mistakes. And I'm just like, you know, it, it affects you. You learn from it. All right? You dust off and you keep it moving. But you're going to make mistakes. Just be good to your people. Be good to your people. What about in terms of graph? Would you... Graph... Ah, fucking kill shit and have fun. <laughs> Destroy shit. My man, I go out. I, I'll paint every night if I didn't have a fucking leash of a job on me. Yeah. That job puts that leash on me, and it's like, nigga, you ain't doing shit. Yeah. You got to go to work and be up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So if I didn't have that, I'd be out. When I first moved back to New York, I was painting every night. I was going seven nights a week. Like two years ago. It was a point like two years ago. I think I was up a lot two years ago. I was going out six, seven nights a week. I actually saw you doing a spot one time in the Lower East Side. Or you were about to do a spot. Oh, gosh. Yeah, two years ago. I was I with somebody? You were waiting. Look at you were waiting for somebody. He was probably, probably OJ. Pro- yeah. Me and OJ, we had a Lower East Side situation. I think it's still running. It's still running. Orchard and Canal. Or Ludlow Canal. Yes. I think it was that. I saw you. Yes. I was like, I think that's like, I think so. 
skid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fixed that spot so many times. <laughs> really, you've been fixing it. Yeah, you know, I have, I have like a bunch of stalkers. <laughs> I have like a stalker. Like he stalks everything I do. But I always gotta like keep on top of my shit, you know. But he'd never face me. But he's like, a, he's like a fucking female stalker. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, I seen some shit you did on a McDonald recently. Over there by the F train. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it, yes, like somebody it's me already, and OJ. Somebody's yeah. already like hating. My him. man, dead visuals. What's yeah. up? Somebody's already like hating on that shit. You no, know? they did. It's crazy. You can't even read it with the guy. So right? whack. Yeah. It's, so it's whack. So fucking terrible. I, I, when I first seen it, I was like, yes, some more life in the neighborhood, you know. And I get phone calls. I'm like, yo, there's something over you, but yeah. it looks like a two year old wrote it. <laughs> like I don't know. I have an idea. <laughs> you're talking about the yin and the yang with like your job having you you know chaining you down you would say graffiti is kind of that escape right like graffiti is an escape 100 percent, right from that, ru- from that routine living fucking doing what the man tells you to do and graffiti is like the fuck you to everything graffiti is an escape yeah graffiti is is an escape for me it, it, it definitely helps me yeah you know it definitely helps me. It keeps my fucking keeps me focused. You know what I mean? It keeps like I stay sharp. Mm. Graffiti keeps me sharp. If you never if you never started writing, where do you think you would have been? I think my life would have been better. 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 Yeah. I'd be a fucking owner bank or something. Yeah. <laughs> but is that better? I guess. <laughs> I mean listen, I I grew up with wolves yeah. and apes and gorillas you know i was taught by those guys mm. and i make crazy decisions because yeah. of the way i was i was raised wild yeah. you know but graffiti keeps me sharp graffiti keeps me sharp mm. i try to stay as sharp as i can with things so why did you move back to new york two years ago well I was, with the, I was with the girl for about eight, nine months. She asked me to marry her, and I did. Her name is Yerizan Beltran. We ended up getting married. And um, I caught her doing some fuck shit like a year later, talking to some dude. I walked away, you know. A year later, she died. And it kind of bothered me because she was reaching out to me, you know, to try to like, you know, reconcile and, but I just could not put out of my head what she did. You know what I mean? Mm. But, and I thought coming back to New York would be a better move for me because things weren't really working out for me. Like I was going through some shit out there and you know what I mean? My head wasn't in the right space. So automatically, I thought coming to New York would be a better decision. Yeah, you got loyal friends here. You got people. It really here. wasn't a better de- uh, <laughs> decision. I mean, the second I got back to New York, I'm like, what'd I come back for, man? But, you know, we all got to live and learn and figure out our ways. You plan on leaving again? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I'm here for a good, for a while at least. I'm here for a while. I'm not going nowhere for a while. I'm gonna be here for for a good minute. If not, maybe who knows? I mean, my family's here. None of them, or are you? No, they are. My family's here. Cool. You know, and I have like, 
I got very dear friends that are here still. And I got really dear friends in California, too. Mm-hmm. My man Risk. I'm missing the death, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to go back and forth. I mean, if I could be by coastal, I will. You know? I mean, I love it out there. People are like, I hate L.A. Yo, L.A.'s dope, man. L.A.'s a good fucking time, man. Like, if you, if you know how to maneuver, mm-hmm. L.A.'s a good time, man. L.A.'s a good time. The people are cool. Graffiti rocks out there. It's a good time out there, man. You don't paint with MQ no more? Or not that often? No. 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 You reminded me because you said graffiti rocks. I feel like I saw that on his Instagram or something like that. We don't see eye to eye. Okay. You know, we don't see eye to eye. You know, but, you know, no disrespect for anyone. Yeah. We just don't see eye to eye. We have different views on things. So, but otherwise than that, I'm good. I'm good. Where do you see yourself in the future in terms of graph? You're just gonna keep graph. Going? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep crushing until I can't no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've definitely made your mark on this world, man. For sure. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop either. Yeah. You know, I'm still yeah. crushing. Well, it's, it's. Hey, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going. No, there's no finish line. Yeah, it's really bugged out starting this podcast because growing up looking at Graf and all these writers I look up to and now they're like sitting in front of us talking to us. It's, it's, Thank you for having me, man. It's honestly Thank a trip. You for I'm, I'm glad that you guys had a very amazing one with, with Charlie. Yeah, that the was, one with Charlie was dope. Yeah, that was dope. That was definitely what sparked the flame, I think. Guys, you got to keep it going. Yeah. Don't stop. 100%. Guys, ask me anything. I know there's controversial questions out there. There's tons of people ask me controversial shit. What do you guys want to know? I'm going to be real. I, I had, like, my list of questions. Uh, I guess the most controversial one was the whole DMS versus YKK thing. Because I don't know how comfortable people are with talking about that. You know what I mean? And Nothing serious ever happens. Yeah. Nothing serious ever happened. You know? Mm. There was never nothing awful that that transpired out of that thank god mm-hmm. nobody ever got cut or hurt or, or anything you know it bothered me when um when my good friends got caught in the middle of things you know and then when, when a, my good friend at nb got caught in the middle of things then me and scuff we reached out to each other we talked about it and then we, we met up and we just deaded it. It was just like, what do we have beef for? Like, why do we have beef? What is this? Mm. Did you do anything personally to me? Did I do anything personally to you? All of this is lines on a wall, you know? I mean, I'm just too old for it, honestly. But like I said, I'm no stranger to it. I'll never run away from it. Yeah. But it's like, what am I doing? What, what am I accomplishing with this? I don't think it only matter. I don't think you said you're too old for it, but I don't think it's only a matter of age because a lot of younger younger writers can learn from that too. It's just I think it's a level of maturity because a lot of kids yeah. are you know people are getting hurt over the most stupidest shit over a simple comment that's not even personal that has nothing to do with anything, and people are really going out there and risking their lives for you know I don't know that's how I see it at least. I just don't get caught up in the madness no mm-hmm. more. I feel very st- stress-free without the madness, yeah. you know, because uh, 
there was a time when I just wrote to go over people. And I was like... Yeah, I know you're known also for having a lot of beef with Graf. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. Would you, you just go over people for fun? I made up mistakes. You know, you have an army behind you. You know, you have a bunch of guys that'll do anything for you. And you just like, fuck everybody, fuck mm. this, fuck that. You know, you, you make a lot of... you. When you're young, you, 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 you have that headstrong mentality. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, after a while, it's like, what am I doing? What is this? You know, but it takes lots of mistakes and finding yourself in ways to see what's going on. You know what I mean? What, what new writers do you think are killing it? Oh, man. Me, new writers? Yeah, what new writers do you think are killing it? Oh, man. Zers, uh, Joji, uh, that girl Hazel, uh, Reezy, Lance. I watch all these kids, man. They keep me on my toes, all these kids. You know? They all keep me on my toes. Uh, Panics, uh, So, Co. All these kids, I watch them. I admire. I admire what they do. I like what they do. I admire it, and it keeps me <coughs> adapting mm. and and becoming more with the times. And now you you see that I do. I do that now. And now I'm more with the times. Yeah. And I, I watch, you know. But the younger generation, man, they're fucking killing it, man. Guys, keep doing it, please. You I mean you keep us? Older guys on our toes, you know what I mean, and I and I respect everything that these young guys are doing. Much much love to those guys. I seen a comment on Instagram today. I think I think Skay said something how graffiti right now is in a is in a spot that it hasn't been in a long time. It's, it's the, back. the streets are really looking pretty good. <laughs> the streets are looking great, yeah. and it's not only new know. cats. Like you guys are coming out and killing it. A lot of older dudes are coming out. It's 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 a great thing, you know. I enjoy, I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm in my, I'm in my 15th childhood right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm That's what it's about. It right now, That's man. what it's I'm, about. I'm enjoying it. I'm watching it. I'm observing it. I'm, and I'm learning from, these, from the new generation. Yeah. You know? And the, the new generation got me being more tighter and cleaner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Much love to them, man. Please keep doing it, young guys. I, I, I enjoy watching everything going on. And the girls, man, the girls are bombing like dudes, man. Yo, these girls out there are killing shit. Yo, much love to them. And much love to all women out there that's, that's out there doing their thing. Yeah, 100%. You know? So are you not down with DMS no more? I see you don't throw them up in your throat no, no more. We, 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 we um, always are going to be loved there for them. Always. But... Just, you know, you just go, done, didn't work, and, you know, it's like this. They're my friends growing up. Sometimes, I think I said this earlier, sometimes family members, they go through things where they don't talk, or they go at each other, or whatever it is. Like, these guys are friends of mine when I was a kid. We grew up together, so, I mean, we'll talk again, you know. Now, it's an uncomfortable situation, uncomfortable state, but these guys, I've, they, these guys know me since I was a kid, 
So it's just, it's family, family bickers, you know, family bickers, you know, so, I mean, that's my take on it, at least. Yeah. You know, but I talk to Ezek normally, and, and certain people I talk to, I talk to a bunch of guys normally, you know, but you're going to have fallouts with people, you know, you're going to have fallouts with people. There's no ifs, ands, or ways about it. You're gonna you're gonna bump heads and you're gonna have fallouts with people and, and sometimes shit's gonna go sour. So but it's nothing but love and respect and unconditional love for all those guys. You know, much love to cousin Joe and everybody. It's nothing but unconditional love for those guys. You know. Anything you want what do you want to know about poke? Yeah, Anybody yeah. else? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, well, <laughs> me and Polk were roommates for a lot of years. He was a very close friend for a lot of years. And he battled with Crohn's disease. Like, he battled with it. I mean, he was always in pain. He always had, like, always had stomach problems, always was going through his issues with, with Crohn's disease. And, uh, I mean, he helped me out tremendously throughout growing up and, just being around him and being around and um, one day well he moved out he, he became roommates with B&E him and B&E had a fallout and then he moved back into the house with me and he was staying on the couch for a few weeks then one day he, he's like oh I'm in fucking so much pain in my stomach and I'm like I'll take you to the hospital. He's like, I can't get down the stairs. I said, I'll carry you down the stairs. Don't worry about it. And then, uh, you know, I ended up having a job interview. I left the house. He went to, so I went to some job interview with this dude, and this guy's telling me he sucked a dick or something. Like, some fucking, like, what? Like, fucking, I left. So I can't, this is crazy. I come home, and Polk was dead on the floor. He died of Crohn's disease on the floor. So that will forever be in my head with him. And uh, to rewind, like maybe 15 years before that, there was a guy, Yas. He wrote Zant KAC. He, he was an older guy. He always took care of me. He was my boy. You know, he was always going through battling with cocaine. And uh, I would always take it from him, you know. And then he would while out. And he had like a SKS Tech 9 millimeter in the house. And he'd carry it and he'd hold it in his hand all high in my house. And I'd always take the gun away from him. I'd take the coke away from him. Like he was always just on some next level wilding out. But he always like took me out to parties. Like he introduced me to Ezek and, and a lot of guys. Like he looked out for me many many years then one day you know I was talking to him and it was it was me him Lash Rat Bones a few people and uh, I was going to bed and Yas was like yo in the morning let's talk I want to talk to you when you wake up no doubt it was summertime I went to bed. I, I, my room was upstairs. His was downstairs. I woke up. Someone was banging on the door in the morning. Lash. 
Yash shot himself, Yash shot himself. I went downstairs and he blew his brains out in the room. And he was still shaking as all this was happening. So what, what do I usually do? I call Isaac. Isaac's like my guy that every time someone passed away or something happened, I would always call him. He came and he helped me out. And I remember, you know, after the police trying to make it look like it was a murder scene, like I did it and they were grilling me. I got rid of everybody. But there were so much things in the house that I can't even talk about it. Like even, so many things I had to hide and get rid of, you know. And um, right after everybody left and they kicked the body out, the lights in the house all started like going on and off. And, and I remember I stayed in that house that month and I would see his spirit wow. always in the, walking around. And then I left, I moved. That's when I moved to Brooklyn. I left. It was like tw- I was like 20 years old. So, um, I mean, I can go on and on. I've seen so much shit. Uh, you know, I mean, he was another guy that really, he introduced me to DMS when I was a, when I was a young, young guy. And he was always there for me, too. Rest in peace to, to Yas. But I don't know, man. Just I'm just trying to... How do you think all this stuff has affected your mind? Are you, oh, are you over it now, or are you still dealing yeah. with it day by day? I, I deal with it. I mean, I had a grandfather. He killed himself, and I found him. And I was like, what the fuck do I do now? You know what I mean? Like, I mean... And you say you're sober, so you yeah. you must have to deal with it in ways that you know normal well, I, people. Well, I have negative. I think yeah. negative all the time. Mm. That's my only thing, and I'm just like you know trying to yeah. push forward to to be better every day. Yeah. And I got good people around me may not help me. No, that always keep me going. It's important, yeah, because a lot of people that go through what you what what you have been through in your life, they go towards the negative route, which is drinking, drugs, a lot of things like that. So seeing you go to parks working out having good people around you that's yeah that's amazing man. i keep good people around me. that's amazing that's you know i keep good people around me always i try to keep all the negative aspects away yeah you know what i mean like there's some negative people around i'm just like nah i'm good just, yeah. i don't pick up the phone <laughs> i yeah, just he- keep it pushing hearing you talk about like even Charlie or you talking about crews and loyalty and friends, how important they are. Like me growing up, I say this a lot on these podcasts, how I, I kind of stay to myself. But as I'm growing and listening, like having these friends around me, man, I'm realizing that we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to have good, loyal people around us, you know. Well, we're pack animals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're, we're pack animals. We, mm-hmm. we stick together. Yeah. We, we create our bonds yeah. and we, we, we build our friendships. Yeah. It's important to have time to yourself to grow your own independent thoughts and your own character. But at the same time, it's very important to have people that keep you on your toes, that check you. You know, other, other than that, you, can, you need to be checked uh, every once in a while. Yeah. Every now and again, I'm th- there was a time in my life when I was very cocky, very egotistical, mm. and I had to have that deflated. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to have that deflated because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And it was thanks to someone else, right? Thanks to a <laughs> handful of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, man. Yeah. I, don't, I don't regret nothing, man. Yeah. I don't regret nothing, man. 
everything that happens is supposed to happen. 100%. That's, you can't fight it. I love I love hearing people say that, that they don't regret nothing in life. I, I really appreciate anything. that. I, yeah. There's things that I do regret. Yeah. I, re, I regret hurting certain people in yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's certain friends in my life that I'll always kick myself. Mm. Like, I've done fuck shit in my life. I've done stupid shit in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's... But like you said... You it, live and learn, man. It all happens for a reason, and it molded who you are to this day, who's sitting right here. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, but I love all my friends. You know, even the ones I don't talk to. I love all my friends. Yeah. I wish nothing but good for 98% of them. Yeah. The other 2% could all fall into their diseases yeah. and sicknesses and fucking bury themselves. It's crazy to hear because, you know what I mean, you just all the stuff that you've experienced and some of the things that you've seen, and you have a more positive mindset now. Yo, but it's like, it takes too much energy to be negative, man. Yeah. It takes way too much energy. To, it's easy to be negative. Yeah. It's very easy to go that route and just be a fuck up and just fuck everything off. Then wake up and do better for yourself every day. Get up, do your push-ups, your pull-ups, your fucking eat some fruit or yeah. something. Just do something positive. Yeah. It's you know, I try to like compliment someone every day. You know, how are you yeah. doing? Oh, you look good today, man. Yeah, What's yeah. going on with you today? And to see somebody else with a smile on their face brings you to a whole new thing, man. You know what I'm saying? You said it earlier, just being better than the person you were the day yes. before. I was, a, I was an asshole, for real. I've made some, like, I've made terrible decisions. But also, I was raised by wolves. What do you mean by that? I've had some people that, like, Viking mentality <laughs> guys around me that I picked up their habits and I've done fucking stupidity, you know? Just whether, whether it was my uncles or whatever. I've had some real Viking-ass fucking family around me that, <laughs> you know, that made me do some dumb-ass shit in my life that I hurt people, you know what I mean? I've hurt my closest friends. You know what I mean? So, but you live and you learn, man. You got to just be better than we yesterday. Yeah, it's interesting you said how it's easy to fall into the negative, into the, like, withering away the easy route. Because like you said, it's harder to wake up every morning, eat some fruit, do some push-ups, than just say fuck it and eat some fast food and be lazy, you know, sit on the couch. So it just shows that it's all for something, you know. Guys, cherish your family, your friends. Keep your good friends and family around you. You know what I mean? They're important. 100%. Being like, being good to people is important. No, it's at the end of the day, man. We you just know? all want to feel loved. We want to feel good. That's all there is, man. All that negative shit, it's it gets played out. At the end of the day, no one wants that. Yo, bro, I'm tired, man. Nobody wants that. Yeah. I'm tired. Like I'm tired of negative. It's literally exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. I'd love to see people and. You know, do do my best and give people compliments and just be a good person, man. You know what That's I mean? Good to hear. Yo, you got any anyone you want to shout out? Oh Anything man, gotta... RD three five seven, Lord Ezek DMS OJ FYC, Teo MDC Chino BYI Caves LOB. Uh, Who else? I know there's more people. <laughs> there's always more my man psych good dude uh there's always more people there's always more people 
CH. Yeah. RTH. Finally, you got that shit back, man. <laughs> Fuck goal. <laughs> Fuck goal. Keep that RTH shit, fucking Charlie. You know what I mean? I was in Staten Island, man. I didn't even see a goal even go over him, Charlie. If I seen it, I would have went over it for you. You know? But, yo, be good to your friends and family, man. Because trust me, I made some mistakes. I fucked up. Be good to your people, man. Yeah. It can go either way. Yeah. Be good to your people. If people do fuck shit to you, don't repeat it to them. Exactly. Just stop the cycle right there. Just stop it right there. Exactly. All right. Yo, thank you so much for coming out, man. I Yo, appreciate it so much. Nothing but love and respect Bro, it means for you so guys, much. Man. Yo, Yo you guys. I may look crazy, but I'm, I'm kind of not. Bro, <laughs> you're a good dude, man. Yo, thank you so much thank for coming so much, out. Bro. No, thank you guys. Much love and respect, man. Thank you. Skid.